Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. For today's episode, I will be sharing an excerpt from one of my books called You Got This, An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. With all the disturbing current events we're facing, people all around the world are experiencing overwhelmingly high levels of stress right now. I feel strongly about the need to help empower people to be resilient and able to handle their problems. You Got This is a thoroughly researched, easy-to-read, well-designed action plan to calm feelings of fear, anxiety, worry, and stress with a wide variety of proven cognitive behavioral therapy techniques that empower people to regain a sense of peace and control in their lives. You Got This will show you how to decrease stressors, increase coping skills, increase confidence, increase resilience, and find solutions to your problems. The book is available in paperback and ebook formats on Amazon. Today's excerpt highlights one of the many tools shared in the book. These tools are part of the section of the book called Daily Action Steps. If we want to make positive changes in our lives, then learning new information simply isn't enough. Change requires action. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but there is no other way. However, it doesn't have to be hard, overwhelming, or take a lot of time. Rather than expecting someone to completely overhaul their lives overnight, these action steps are broken down into small, bite-sized pieces that are simple and short so that they can be completed by real people who are living real lives. It's going to be okay. You got this. Today's tool is a journaling exercise to help us discover our perceived rewards. We are actively looking for ways to reduce worry stress, fear, and anxiety. But sometimes we're reluctant to let those emotions go. Today's assignment is designed to help us become more aware of how these emotions may be serving us by taking a deeper look at our core beliefs. It may seem strange that we would want to hold on to feelings of worry, stress, fear, and anxiety. But remember from our earlier discussion that emotions by themselves are neither good nor bad. Instead, they are either helpful or hurtful depending on intensity, duration, and our circumstances. These emotions are intended to help us be safe and successful by heightening awareness, increasing arousal, and boosting our performance level. Remember the Yerkes-Dodson Law, which shows how stress and arousal actually improve our performance up to a certain point. However, if they get out of hand, they may interfere with our performance and harm our health, performance, relationships, and happiness. On a subconscious level, we understand that these emotions serve us. They are giving us some kind of real or perceived benefit. Often, it has to do with feelings of safety. Remember that on a primal level, fear-based emotions are intended to keep us safe by heightening awareness and improving performance. Sometimes we misinterpret this 
and conclude that the emotions of worry, fear, or anxiety are actually what is keeping us safe. We think that if we worry hard enough, then the bad things won't actually happen. Mothers are often guilty of this misinterpretation. On some level, they often believe that if they worry enough about their children, then it will keep them safe. Even though chronic worry can cause a host of mental, emotional, and physical problems, a mother who believes that worrying will keep her children safe will not allow herself to give up worrying. She does it because she is willing to sacrifice her own health and well-being to protect her children. Some people believe that worry, fear, and anxiety are expressions of love. Worry is concern coupled with fear. It is possible to love, care, and be concerned about a person without adding fear into the mix. Fear is an integral part of worry, but not everyone understands that. They believe that if I care about someone, then I worry about them. Therefore, the more I worry, the greater my expression of love. Again, even though chronic worrying can ruin a person's life, they continue to do it because they are willing to sacrifice themselves for the people that they love. Although these deep-seated beliefs have good and noble intentions, it doesn't actually work that way. Chronic worry, fear, and or anxiety do not protect us or the people that we care about. Instead, it harms us mentally, emotionally, and physically, and can damage relationships with the people that we care about. Chances are you don't actually know what real or perceived rewards you are receiving from worry, stress, anxiety, or fear. So here are a few additional questions to help you discover the answer to these questions. Think about this. What do you believe would be the results if you stopped worrying, feeling anxious, stressed, and or fearful? What would happen to you? What would happen to the people that you care about? Here's another question. Do you feel that worrying about someone demonstrates your love and concern for that person? And another question. Do you feel guilty if you're not constantly worrying, stressed, or anxious? We've discussed the idea that emotions of worry, fear, stress, and anxiety all give a reward, whether it is real or perceived. These emotions serve us in some way. As we identify what those rewards are, then we may choose whether or not we're willing to let go of them in order to receive a better reward. In order to illustrate this point further, I'd like to share a story. My husband was playing with some of our grandchildren. He had a handful of treats, and the game was that the kids had to say the secret password, I love you, Grandpa, in order to get a treat. Four-year-old Andreas smiled with delight of his shared secret as he called out, I love you, Grandpa, and was rewarded with a treat. Even two-year-old John quickly caught on, and with his best baby talk, blurted out, Wubu, Grandpa! 
and smiled as he received a treat. This game was easy. Six-year-old Adelaide, however, stubbornly refused. She wouldn't utter a word. She watched with jealousy and indignation as her brothers got treat after treat, but she still wouldn't budge. Soon, the handful of treats was gone, and Adelaide burst into tears. It was time for Grandma to intervene. However, I didn't want to intervene in a way that undermined my husband, eliminated consequences, or rewarded petulance. So, I gave Adelaide a hug and held up my hand for a high five. High five, Adelaide! You won! Good job! Did you like your prize? Confused, she pouted. But I didn't get any prize. Oh, but you did! You won! I insisted. You showed Grandpa that you're strong. You showed him that he can't make you do anything you don't want to do. And you succeeded. You won. And you got your prize for winning. If you say, I love you, Grandpa, then you win Grandpa's game and you get a treat for your prize. But if you don't say, I love you, Grandpa, you win a different game and you get a different prize. Either way, you win. And you get to choose which prize you get by which game you choose to play. So you won and got a prize. Did you like it? I asked. At this point, her father, who was listening to the conversation, added, I've won lots of prizes like that. Me too, I smiled. We all do that from time to time. We choose our prize, but sometimes the prizes aren't that great. Adelaide, who is very bright, mulled over the idea. She looked for loopholes, and with each new idea of ways to circumnavigate Grandpa's game, I reaffirmed, that's a great idea. If you do that, you'll totally win, and you'll get the prize you choose. But if you want to win Grandpa's game and get a treat, then you just say the secret password, I love you, Grandpa. It's your choice. The prize you win is up to you. But I'm scared to say that, she complained. That's okay. Sometimes it's scary to try something new and different. But I believe in you. I know you're strong, I reassured her. Soon, Grandpa reappeared with another handful of treats. If you want a treat, you have to say the secret password. I love you, Grandpa, he said playfully. You could see the wheels turning in Adelaide's mind as she weighed her options. She hesitantly muttered, I love you, Grandpa, and was immediately rewarded with a treat. Good job, Adelaide. You won a different game, and you got a different prize. Did you like your prize this time? I asked. She smiled and nodded, then said more confidently, I love you, Grandpa, and got another treat. Between the three little ones, all chirping like little birds, the handful of treats quickly disappeared. Now the story of Adelaide and the treats is a simple one, but the concept is universally applicable. We choose to do things because they bring us a reward of some kind. However, just like Adelaide who responded, I didn't get any prize, we may not be aware of what we're doing or the reward that we chose. I have seen people willfully withhold forgiveness. 
They win because they refuse to let go of their anger and hatred. They win because they feel that they are champions of justice. They win because they believe that anger is strength and forgiveness is weakness. But the reward is more anger, more hatred, more bitterness, a feeling of victimness, and a loss of peace and contentment. By choosing either to forgive or not forgive, we choose the prize associated with that decision. Either way we win, but the prizes are different. I have seen people who refuse to forgive themselves. They win because they get to suffer, and they know that they deserve to suffer. They win because they believe that they are upholding justice. However, they miss out on the rewards of peace, contentment, and self-love. I have seen people who will sacrifice anything to prove that they're right. They win because they prove that they are strong. They win because they know that they are right, and being right is more important than anything else. They win because they keep their pride intact. They win because they know that they are smarter than anybody else. They win the prize of rightness at all costs. But they may miss out on the prizes of relationships, cooperation, influence, peace, and happiness. I have seen people stress themselves out with overwork and underappreciation. They win because they get to play the role of the martyr. They get to feel the righteous indignation of being overworked and underappreciated. They get the prize of self-righteousness and justified indignation. They get the prize of suffering and self-sacrifice. We can choose to play the role of a martyr, or we can choose a path that includes joy, peace, satisfaction, and being appreciated. Either way, we win. But the prizes are different. I have seen people who worry themselves sick. This is often evident in mothers who try to demonstrate their love through fear, worry, and self-sacrifice. They worry about their children. They worry about the choices they make. They worry about the future. They worry about everything. And they worry constantly. They win because they get to show their love and their self-sacrifice through the burdens they carry. They also play the role of the martyr. They win the prizes of suffering and self-sacrifice. We can choose this path, but when we do, we also choose the reward that comes with it. Why do we choose these inferior rewards? Often it's because we aren't aware of what we're doing or that we're making a choice at all. Many of us worry, stress, sacrifice, get angry, or withhold forgiveness because we're good people and we believe we're fighting a good fight. We don't recognize that there might be another way, which is a better fight that earns better rewards. If we want to reduce our worry, stress, anxiety, and fear, it is helpful and necessary 
to broaden our perspective and understanding. We're going to do an exercise to help us recognize what our core beliefs about worry, stress, anxiety, and fear are, as well as any perceived rewards we receive. As we examine these core beliefs, we can then choose whether or not we want to modify those beliefs. As we examine our perceived rewards, we can choose whether or not we're willing to give up those perceived rewards for something better. To help you become more aware of what your perceived values are, I'd like you to get a piece of paper and a pen out and start journaling some of these questions and think about them. For example, write down the answers to some of these questions. What would be the results if I stopped worrying, feeling anxious, stressed, or fearful? What would happen to me? What would happen to the people that I care about? Do I feel that worrying about someone demonstrates my love and concern for that person? Do I feel guilty if I'm not constantly worrying, stressed, or anxious? And then think about these thoughts. My core beliefs about worry, stress, anxiety, and fear are... And then just write whatever comes to mind. Those core beliefs came from... And then write whatever comes to mind. Or my perceived rewards for worry, stress, anxiety, and fear are, and then just write whatever comes to mind. I hope you have enjoyed this excerpt from my book, You Got This, An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. I feel strongly about the need to help empower people to be resilient and able to handle their problems, so I will continue sharing excerpts from the book in other episodes of Linda's Corner. In closing, I would like to share a quote from an official review from onlinebookclub.org. It says, With every lesson, the author employs a step-by-step approach. All my questions were answered in clear and simple language. See you next time on Linda's Corner.